Well, Aloha Mission Church, what a joy it is to, to be back. I see Jamie Curtis in church today. Welcome back. We have missed you. What a joy it is to see you. God bless you. Jamie had hip surgery and was gone for about two or three months, huh? Kind of close to two months, yeah. We've missed you there, so welcome back. So good to see you. Um, in, your, in your bulletins, uh, you will find a, uh, a prayer card that looks similar to this right here. In fact, it's the very same thing. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what this is, I'm just going to take a moment to tell you how to use this. We here at Mission Church sincerely believe in prayer. And we ask that you write the names of people that you know and love that aren't a part of a church somewhere. And, and begin praying for them for all of the things that we're doing uh, during the holiday season for Christmas. You have that flyer for Christmas of all the things that we're doing. Write their names down and, and ask the Lord for his favor upon them. And you might even want to call them. And when you call them, ask them, hey, is, I'm going to be praying for you during this holiday season, this Christmas time. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And more than likely, they might say, yeah, actually, and share with you some prayer requests. Flip over the card and write them down. And pray for your friends, your family members. And, and, and then, as you do, what you get the opportunity to do is follow up with them and call them back in a week or two as you've been praying and ask them, by the way, how are things going? I've been praying for you. And as they share their request, you now have begun a spiritual conversation where you can invite them to be a part of all of the things that we're doing for Advent. And it's not going to come out of the blue, right? Because you've already been praying for them. And say, oh, by the way, our church is having um, a gingerbread house-making thing on Friday. Uh, we're, we're having our children's program coming up, um, our Christmas Eve service, all of these things. Would you like to come and be a part of it? And as God has moved in your prayers... It might be a great opportunity for them to respond by saying, you know what, I'd like to come. And then they can come and be a part of this service and enjoy it as you enjoy being a part of this community and this service. It's a wonderful way um, to, to pray for others, invite them to come and be a part of all that we're doing for Admission Church for the holiday season. Um, because this, this is... We're entering into the holidays right now, right? We, we just got done celebrating Thanksgiving, and Rochelle and I, in the past two years, have instituted a brand new tradition um, for our lives for Thanksgiving. On the Saturday after Thanksgiving, um, we have volunteered at the Living Water Church uh, and, and serving, we, we bring a turkey and some, some mashed potatoes and gravy and share it. A lot of people did that. Many people from this church came to Living Waters yesterday or yesterday and helped to serve the community there. And, and it was so great to see all of you. And that's a part of the new Thanksgiving uh, that we are, are sharing and part of the holiday season that we're in. Another celebration is that you saw Mary Jordan celebrated 108 years for her birthday. How exciting is that for the, the Tea Garden family? And we celebrate with you. Today, there's another really uh, 
beautiful celebration that I am celebrating. Um, some of you, I shared this with you, but um, 25 years ago in my life, uh, Rochelle and I had the great privilege to plant a brand new church on, actually it was November 29th, but this is the Sunday that the Bridge Church in Hawaii is celebrating um, the start of, of the, their church 25 years ago. That's a picture of us 25 years ago. You notice anything about the picture? That's me. You're right. But I'm wearing the exact same shirt I did 25 years ago when we started our church. And, um, and it was a tradition back at the Bridge Church where I pastored um, that I would wear this shirt on the anniversary celebration. You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you still fit clothes 25 years ago? <laughs> it's a little tight and short on me, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my daughter, Brianne, who's 26 years old now. Amazing. But yeah, that's what our church was 25 years ago. And today, uh, the Bridge Church is celebrating 25 years. So if anybody from the Bridge Church is tuning in, happy 25th anniversary to you. Um, right ahead of us, we have Christmas to celebrate. And then after that, we have New Year's to celebrate. There is so much celebrations and holidays that are coming up for us in our lives. And when it, when it comes to Christmas... People have all kinds of different thoughts about why and how we celebrate Christmas. Because if you, if you talk to some people, not everybody celebrates Christmas for the same reason. It's true. Even for our, our families, our children, our children... They, they might celebrate Christmas for a completely different reason than, than, than the adults. If you remember when you were a child, Christmas was all about the presents, right? That was the, the number one best thing about Christmas for me growing up uh, that, that I remember is that Christmas I, I got new shirts, like the Ultraman shirt that uh, I quickly grew out of. <laughs> but um, Christmas for kids, it's all about presents. Another thing that kids uh, love about Christmas, I knew I did, was that during Christmas that you have Christmas break from school. And isn't Christmas break fantastic? Amen. <laughs> and my wife, who was an educator, she also loved Christmas break. And uh, I learned that teachers love it just as much as, as students do. And so people celebrate Christmas for, for the breaks that they so enjoy. For those of you in education... Do you love Christmas break? If so, say amen. Yeah. Amen. Resoundingly, right? People celebrate Christmas for all kinds of reasons. Other, others uh, is that the traditions that many people have for Christmas, the family gatherings, are so much fun. The, 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 the giving and receiving of gifts has become a Christmas tradition, and everybody gets into it, and it is so beautiful. The parties that we go to 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 be with other people, our co-workers, the decorations that we hang up. Isn't the church beautiful? Did you guys see all of the decorations in the church? There are some people that came on Saturday. Let's give them a big hand. For those of you who helped decorate, you know who you are. Thank you so much for uh, giving of your time and effort to make the church so beautiful. Um, all of these things 
that people associate with Christmas. They're, they're fun. They're wonderful. There's nothing wrong or bad about it. But if we're not careful, those things can be more important and become the centerpiece of why you celebrate Christmas than the true meaning of what Christmas really is. So the question that I ask you, just quietly in your own heart, ask yourself this question. Why, why are you celebrating Christmas? Why do you celebrate Christmas? This year, I would like to encourage you to celebrate Christmas because Christmas should be set aside as a holy day that we celebrate. Christmas is a holiday like we talked about, right? And, um, and it's, it's a day that, again, we exchange gifts and all of that. Um, but it's, it's, this, it's, it's, it's equal in many people's thoughts and minds and hearts to Thanksgiving as a holiday or as the 4th of July as a holiday because you get those days off of work. You gather together with people that you know and love and you, you share a meal on Thanksgiving and the 4th of July and Christmas. The thing that's different about Christmas that makes it even better is that we exchange gifts, right? And, and yet, people see those things equal to Christmas as a holiday. It's a day that's set aside for being together and celebrating something. But I want to say to you that Christmas ought to be different. The word holiday is a day that lost its meaning for us today. It's, it's lost its original meaning. The, original, the word holiday originally was an old English word. And I can't pronounce it well because I don't speak old English, but it's, it's up there. It's, it, when I listened to it on the internet, it sounded like chaladach. Everybody say, Chaladach. Chaladach. That's the original word for holiday. And Chaladach's original meaning was it was set aside for a holy day. That's how holiday got its name. Holy day. And as, as a holy day, it was set apart and not just for any, any kind of day. It was set apart for a religious day like Christmas or Epiphany or Easter or Pentecost. These were the holy days in the, in the life of the church year that was set apart for God. And that's what was different about the word Chaladag holy day, which we now make all kinds of things holidays, but they have nothing to do with being set apart for God. The 4th of July is a wonderful day of celebration to celebrate the birth of our country, but that has nothing to do with God. And Thanksgiving, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. It's a great day to give thanks. And if and if you've given thanks to God, well, that's wonderful, but not everybody does. And so it's a wonderful day. We call it a holiday, but I dare say that not everybody considers it a, a holy day, a holy day that's set apart for God. And if you don't know this yet, the word holy 
One of the definitions is, holy means to be set apart for God's use. And so, there is a day that is set apart for God. Christmas is one of the holy days of the year. But again, holiday has lost its original meaning. It includes all kinds of other important days that we celebrate, but they're not days that are set apart for God. So my hope, my hope, church, is that we celebrate Christmas this year because it is set apart, a holy day for God. And so what I'd like to do is read with you a passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read beginning at verse 18 to 25. And this is the reason why we set apart the day of Christmas as a holy day for the life of the church. In Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, hear the word of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is God's word. Church, Christmas is a holy day because it is all about Jesus. Jesus is at the center of Christmas. Christmas begins with Christ. And during Christmas, we celebrate the advent of Jesus' coming. We celebrate the day, we call it his birthday, but Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. But we, we celebrate that as, as his birthday. And the sad part about this whole celebration is that Christmas, honestly, when you stop to think about it, has become more about us than we make it about Jesus. And the way that happens is all of the traditions that, that we do, what does it center around? So often, it just centers around us. We decorate, which is beautiful. We, we give gifts to one another, which is, which is fantastic. At parties, we gather, we cook our favorite foods. <laughs> None of this is bad. I just want you to know. But if we're not careful, 
it can become the most important thing about Christmas. Getting that right gift for this right person. Making the place look just perfect. Again, I'll, I'll do the same things. <laughs> but if we make those the most important thing, we lose sight of the fact that Christmas is not about the decorations or the parties or the gifts giving. It's about Jesus. And he is at the center of Christmas. So, the devotional that you have, that you picked up today, if not, please pick one up as you head on out. It includes a lot of the traditions and how they began. But what I hope is that when you read that, you see how we tie that back into making Jesus the most important thing about Christmas. All these things are associated with Christmas. And they're important. But if we aren't careful, we might lose what the true heart and message of this very special day is. Christmas is set apart. It is holy for God. Because God gave His Son to us to be our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord. And so, Christmas is holy because it is set apart for God. I want to tell you that Christmas is holy for another reason. Because Christmas and the coming of Jesus was prophesied about in the Old Testament from, from years ago. And Jesus is the fulfillment of those prophecies. And that makes it holy because it comes from the Word of God. The reason Christmas is holy is because it is set apart and also because Christmas fulfills the promise that God would send his Messiah and Savior to his people and fulfill the great plan of reconciling people back into a right relationship with God. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says this, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This prophecy was given by Isaiah years ago, years before Jesus has arrived. And Matthew takes this prophetic word, and he places it right in the beginning of his gospel as the angel speaks to Joseph and tells him that your son is the fulfillment of prophecy that has been talked about long ago. And what an amazing thing to hear for Joseph, that his son was the fulfillment of the prophetic word from Isaiah. And if that was all it was, it would be amazing. But the glory of it all is that Jesus wasn't just prophesied about. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies that was given about him. Christmas is set apart and holy because Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies that, uh, that he was the coming Messiah, that he would be born of a virgin, and he would be God with us. And he would grow up to be our Messiah, our Savior, and our Lord. 
And Jesus fulfilled the prophetic word about him. Since the fall in Genesis chapter 3, our greatest need in our world was to be reconciled back into a right relationship with God. That is man's greatest need for our relationship with God to be made right. But how does that come about? Well, God used many people along the way. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. And and all of these people worked to get God's people to turn their attention away from the things of the world back onto God. And they did well. But it didn't work. It didn't take. So God sent prophets and God sent kings to, to, to tell people about getting it right, getting their hearts right with God. And where they all fell short, a prophetic word came that one day God would send a Messiah. And this Messiah would draw all people back into that loving relationship with God so that we could be reconciled with God, for those who were lost to be found, for the dead in Christ to be made live again, for those who were unholy to come into a holy relationship with a divine God. And Jesus was the fulfillment of all of that. And Jesus was given the name. The name of Jesus tells us that he is holy Adam and Eve lost that beautiful, holy relationship with God. That holy relationship was severed because of the sin that entered the world through them. They believed the lie of the serpent and they disobeyed God's command. And since that time, God has been working to reconcile people back into this loving relationship with Him. And and, and then comes Jesus. And through God's great love, He sends his one and only son to do what no one else could do. And the names that are given to Jesus hold for us this beautiful sign of who Jesus is. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came in the flesh to walk on this earth to point people back to a right relationship with God. And when the time of Jesus on earth was done, Jesus gave us the gift of his Holy Spirit. And today we have that to journey with daily. And then, along with Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, the angel told Joseph, you are to give him the name Jesus the Hebrew name for Jesus is Yeshua. And Yeshua means the Lord is salvation. Christmas, church, is holy because Christmas commemorates the day God gave His Son to bring salvation to all people. It's even in His name. But I want you to know holiness goes deeper than that. To be holy also means to be separated from the secular. To be sacred. And Christmas is a sacred day. 
See, there are a lot of celebrations, and we talked about all of the different celebrations and holidays that we celebrate. But I think you would agree with me that not all the holidays that we celebrate are holy days. They're not holy because they're not sacred. They're not set apart for God. They're secular holidays, secular days that that we celebrate. And that is one of the reasons why Christmas is such a unique day. Christmas is a sacred day, and it's not just another secular celebration. For the church, we need to keep Christ in Christmas because it is the presence of Jesus in Christmas that makes it such a holy day. The call to be holy is found in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. In, in, Leve- in Leviticus, it's Jesus, God says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves to be and be holy because I am holy. That's the call of God for every single one of us. For us to be in relationship with him. And his holiness is what helps us to be holy. This is seen in Exodus chapter 3 when God calls Moses to the burning bush. And do you remember when God calls Moses to the burning bush, what God says to Moses? He says, take off your sandals, for where you are standing is holy ground. What makes the ground holy? Is it because the presence of God was there? That's why it was holy. Because Moses was standing in the presence of God. Next Sunday, when we gather, we will have a table set up right here. And on the table, we will have holy communion elements. Do you know why this is holy? It's because it is set apart for God. And the presence of Jesus is represented by the broken body and the shed blood. This sanctuary is holy. Do you know why it's holy? It's because it is set apart for God's use. And we sincerely believe the very presence of God is here with us. Where God's presence resides is the place of we call holy. And Christmas is holy because Jesus' Jesus's presence is at the center of all that is Christmas. But here's the thing. A lot of people in this world, they don't see Christmas the same way we do because not everybody believes in Jesus. We hope one day people will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior as we do. But for those who don't believe in Jesus, they try to remove Christ from Christmas, and instead of the beautiful, common, the greeting that we love to say, Merry Christmas, some people will say to you, Happy Holidays. Right? You guys know that? You guys hear that? Happy Holidays? Well, now that you understand what they're saying is, Happy Holidays, right? <laughs> they're really saying, Happy Holy Day. And when someone this now this year, if someone says to you, happy holiday, now that you understand that holiday really means a holy day, our response 
to them should not be an abrupt Merry Christmas back to them like how some people like to say. Instead, when they say Happy Holidays, you should say, yes, it is. It is the happiest holiday of them all. Thank you. Amen, right? And in that, our response should reflect the holy God we serve. That's what we need to do during this Christmas, is to reflect the beautiful character of the God that we serve. The call to holiness, church, is to reflect the character and love of God into the world as God intended for Adam and Eve to do from the very beginning. Because when we join Jesus and the Old Testament prophets, in helping in reflecting God into the world and and, in hoping that when we do that, we reconcile people back into the right relationship with God. We're continuing the good work that God began from the very beginning and Christmas can be exactly what God intended it to be. Set apart for Him. Christ-centered and doing the work of Jesus to reconcile the world back to So this year, as we enter into Advent next Sunday, let's let's turn Christmas back over to Jesus instead of making it about us. Along with asking your spouse or your children what they want for Christmas, this year, Can I ask you if you would turn to Jesus and ask Jesus what he wants for Christmas? That's turning our attention and making Christmas what it ought to be about Jesus. And when you ask Jesus what does he want for Christmas, I, as your pastor, can tell you exactly what Jesus will tell you about what he wants from you for Christmas. Jesus will look right into your eyes and he will call you by name and he will say, Bob, this year, I want all of you. Sherry, this year, I want you for Christmas. Carmen, I want you. That's what Jesus will say to you. He'll call you by name. And all he asks of you is what he's already given you of himself. All. So here, this last passage of scripture that I would like to share with you from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This Christmas, the call is to be a living sacrifice, to be holy 
and pleasing to God. To set Christmas apart, to be a holy day for God, and to live into this sacred relationship that God desires to have with you. Let's let the love of God be our response to the world and for our lives to be a holy reflection of who He is. And the way to do that for each one of us is to either start, renew, or strengthen the relationship that we have with Jesus. So today as we close, let's make a commitment to do that. If you've not begun a walk with Jesus, can I encourage you? That's a great way to make Christmas a holy day, is to enter into that relationship with Him. If you have already started that relationship, maybe it's time to look at that and say, I need to renew this. I need to make that commitment again because somewhere along the way, (laughs) it's not what it used to be. And I know that God would desire to have more of me and the best of me. And if you're there, then can I make the encouragement to you that we strengthen that relationship with Jesus today? That you wouldn't leave here today without at least thinking about this beautiful gift that God has given us through Jesus and the desire to make Christmas not about us, not about you or me, but about Him and asking Him, what would you like this year for Christmas from me? And I guarantee you, He'll say, Gordon, more than anything else, I just want you. Will you give your best to God this year? Will you bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer? Father in heaven, the call that we have today from the Apostle Paul, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That is what I pray, Lord God, that Mission Church would be today. Lord God, that we would step into your presence, your holy presence. And we would revere, Lord God, you for who you are. You are holy. And your invitation is, be holy as I am holy. And so I pray that as we enter into this Advent season, Lord God, we would embrace the holiness of God for our lives. And that Christmas wouldn't be about what I want or what you want, but what Jesus wants from us. And I pray, Father in heaven, that, Lord, you could use each one of us to enter into that beautiful plan of reconciliation, of bringing the world back into a loving, right relationship that we have with you. Because I have found, Lord God, I am living my best when I'm living right with you. Oh, Jesus, lead us, we pray, to do that for your honor and your glory. Father in heaven, may your divine favor and mercy be with us today. We ask this in the wonderful, powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. 
And God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen.